We're doing something different today that actually we've never done in the history of New Break since we started in 2009. Uh, if you are a part of New Break, one of our campuses, you'll note that um, we, always, we collaborate, we always do our messages together, and we plan out weeks ahead. Actually, we plan out even months ahead. And next week, we're going to start a new series. But um, uh, Robert, one of, our, one of the guys on the team, said, hey, what if we just all like, do our own thing? Like, we, and I thought, that, that would be fun. And so I'm getting to do my own thing this morning. Uh, and so I'm going to just uh, wanna turn this on. And You had to know that surfing was going to be involved, right? <laughs> you just had to know that. Okay, so um, I want to talk to you this morning about what surfing has taught me about life and about faith. And, and to me, surfing is very spiritual. I know for some people they think it's unspiritual. But actually for me, it's a very spiritual thing. Every time that I get in the ocean, I just feel close to God. Uh, and there's some real parallels between life and surfing, as we will discover on this journey. So if you want to just take notes as we go through this message. Before I start, I want to just kind of give you, I want to sort of lay, lay out my credentials uh, as a surfer, so that you know that I'm just not talking about something I don't, I don't, I don't know about. So real quickly, when I was 19 years old, uh, I made the biggest transformation in my life ever, and that is I became a Christ follower. And I was all in, and, and I'm just kind of that guy. I'm, I, when I do something, I'm all in. And so I said, okay, and I didn't know that it would translate into actually being in ministry vocationally, but it did. And then when I was 20 years old, the next thing that happened is I discovered surfing. And I discovered that through a couple of my roommates were surfers in college, and I thought, this is like something I want to really try. And I just fully, fully got into it, and it became a lifestyle. So I want you to know from that day till this, and I'm 63 years old today, um, I have never stopped surfing. I'm a year-round surfer. I'm not a weekend warrior, and that's okay if you are. But I, I surf two to three times, and if there's a really good swell, almost every day. So um, I have been surfing for 43 years straight, and I've surfed. Uh, God's blessed me so much. I've been able to surf uh, all over California, uh, Mexico, uh, a place called Cloud Break in Fiji, one of the most premier breaks in the world. I never thought that I would actually be able to do that at the advanced age of 60. I'm surfing huge waves in Fiji. Um, but I am, um, I'm not, you know, a flashy surfer, but I'm an expert surfer. I can handle most any conditions. I've surfed waves up to 20 feet plus. Um, so I've been, I've been all over the place. Uh, I've been, I've surfed all the Hawaiian Islands. I've surfed the North Shore. I've surfed some of the toughest breaks over there. So I say that to say that I do have some credentials when it comes to, to surfing. I was doing an estimation the other day. I figured that I have by now, I've done like 50,000 what we surfers call sessions. And a session is when you go out. Kind of like you think of a therapy session, that's my therapy. And I've had like 50,000 of those. So um, surfed a lot of waves, and I love it. I love being with surfers. Um, and that's why I lead a group called Surfers of Faith. We meet every Saturday if you're interested in that. If you don't know how to surf, maybe after we get through, you want to learn how to surf, we'd be happy to, to get you in, involved in doing that. A couple more things. In, uh, in the, in the mid-'80s, I actually started, I was one of the first guys in California to start a surf camp. And for eight years running, we had uh, 200 students that were a part of that surf camp. We were pretty much doing it before anybody else. And then uh, I wore in this shirt. Uh, we actually started a thing called the Tri Three Churches Surf Contest, and I started that uh, back in uh, like the early two, 2001 or two. We did that for eight years. So just that's, that's my background, so, so, so you know that. So, by the way, if you ever go surfing with me and you expect me to be doing errors and stuff like that, it's not, not going to happen, Okay. Uh, I'm an expert surfer, but I'm not that kind of a surfer. Anyway, so uh, let's, let's just jump right into it. Um, surfing is not sitting on the beach. Surfing is, is not this. So notice, I want you to notice this picture here. Uh, everybody's enjoying this. This surfer is having the time of his life. 
Uh, and everybody's on the beach, they're going, that is so awesome, that is so wonderful. But, but only those willing to paddle out will experience surfing. And it's the same way with faith. It is the same way in having a relationship with God. I remember when I was in college, as I was just learning to surf, there was a, a guy, I just, he was like the ultimate poser. Um, his name was Brian, and Brian looked like a California surfer. And by the way, when you think of surfer, I know there's a stereotypical surfer, you know, California guy, long blonde hair, hey, dude, gnarly. Okay, I want you to know that uh, that doesn't represent most surfers, but this guy was playing the role. And so he had this Mustang, and he had always a surfboard, beautiful surfboard on top of his shiny Mustang, and, and he talked the talk, and so we're like, how come he never surfs with us? Hey, Brian, let's go surf. Hey, the waves are up, you know, and we discovered he actually didn't surf. He was just playing the role, and there are a lot of people like that in faith. They're actually playing the role. I go to church, you know, I actually have a Bible, you know, call myself a Christian, maybe even wear a t-shirt that says something about it or have a bumper sticker or whatever, but they're not actually there. You've got to paddle out. And sometimes for, for people, when it comes to faith, that's the most difficult thing to really, really embrace it. And I don't know how many of you have actually tried surfing. You'll, you'll discover it's, it's a bit threatening. It's like, wow, you know, I have to get through the white water. I have to get off the beach. I have to get on this board, and I have to get through the white water out into the surf zone where, where the waves are. Jesus actually made such a request of us in faith. He said one day in Mark chapter 8, verse 34, then calling to the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Give up your own, that's the most difficult thing we'll ever do. But that's what I mean, that's, that's the example of getting off the beach and getting on a board and paddling out. It's scary, first time you do it. But it's also the greatest experience you'll ever have. You can't get there until, until you paddle out. Secondly, surfing is way harder than you think. How many of you have actually tried surfing? Okay. How many of you discovered it's like not as easy as maybe you thought it was going to be? You immediately discovered like, oh, your arms got really tired. How do you duck those waves? How do you read the ocean? Uh, and uh, I remember the first time that I tried surfing, um, I was I'm very, very, you know, God bless me, and I'm not bragging. I just really gifted athlete. I, was, I, picked, I picked up every sport you could think of super fast, and I, I immediately acquired some skills. This is the hardest sport I've ever tried. I probably fell, and I'm not exaggerating, probably 500 times before I actually rode a decent wave. I just fell, and I fell, and I fell, and I, and I fell. I probably looked a lot like this guy right here. And by the way, I still look like this guy here once in a while. Yesterday at Surfers of Faith, I took a spectacular wipeout. I was entertainment for everybody, you know. And uh, yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's one of those things, it's way harder than, than you think. Uh, it, I've tried water skiing, picked up water skiing right away, wakeboarding, picked it up right away, uh, skiing, picked up right away, surfing, not so much so. And there, here's why, and here's the parallel in faith. Surfing is a moving canvas. The ocean changes all the time, just like life. You show up one day, and like, oh, okay, I think I can do that. You show up the next day, everything has changed. The currents have changed, the waves have changed, the, day, the, the tide has changed, everything changed. So every day that you show up to go surfing, you have to be able to embrace and deal with whatever is in front of you. It's the same with life. It's the same with faith. You get up every day, you know what that day is going to bring. And you have to learn, you have to acquire some skills, some faith skills to be able to, to deal with all of that. One day, Jesus was teaching in the book of John, chapter 6, and by this time, Jesus had what we would call rock star status. I mean, the crowds were coming out, hundreds of thousands of people, 
And why not, man? He's giving everybody a free lunch. He's doing miracles. Everybody is having an amazing time. But on this particular day, if we're going to use surf terminology, Jesus gets real serious and he says, okay, for some of you, it's time to get off the beach. You're going to have to get your, your feet wet and you're going to have to get through the white water and I'm going to ask you to paddle out. And this is what it will look like. And he starts getting down to what it really means to be a Christ follower. To, to, to the commitment that it's going to take, the sacrifice that it's going to take. He says, I'm calling you to everything, to everything, to give all of your life to me. Look what happens. All of a sudden, at this point, many of his disciples, not just a few, but many of his, it says disciples, these are people that had already accepted who he was, turned away, and they deserted him. It's way harder than you think. But it's the greatest thing that you'll ever, ever experience in, in your life. Persistence is, is mandatory. As a Christ follower, you know, all these years, I can't tell you how many times I was about ready to throw the towel in. How many times that, that I, I felt like I was facing the waves of adversity and getting wiped out and like, Lord, where is this all going? But you, you just stay with it. You have, to, you have to persist. And humility is a requirement if you're going to follow Christ because you're just going to get humble. I remember um, when I was probably about a year and a half into surfing, I went to Hawaii to do, and this is really cool, I got to help plant a church on the island of Maui and, um, and I was actually able to work on my surfing skills that summer. And I was just getting to the point where I could not do much more than stand up in a wave. And so one day, this is like 1977, and by the way, Maui in 1977 was way cool. It was just like hippies and everything was really fun. And, and uh, I'm out there, I just have a pair of trunks on, I have my long hair and a surfboard under my arm, and I'm thumbing it to go surfing. And this uh, Australian guy picks me up, he's got this old beat-up station wagon, and uh, I remember he pulled over and he goes, hey, mate, going surfing? And I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, hop in. So I hopped in with him and uh, we were driving for a while and I made the terrible mistake of, of, of sort of overstating my surfing skills. <laughs> you know, and I was telling him, yeah, I'm a surfer. And I was, you know, kind of doing that whole thing. And then he pulled up to this break and I didn't know anything about this break. It was a place called Malaya. Uh, Malaya is one of the, it doesn't break that often, but it's one of the fastest waves in the world. And so, it was, you know, I was not nearly at a place where I could surf a place like that. So I went out with him and just got so beat up, it was horrible. And after a while, I looked over at him, and he was laughing, you know, and his friends were laughing, and I felt like a complete idiot. And, and, and what happened is before I came in, um, I ate it again, and I landed on top of a bunch of sea urchins. And so I got a bunch of sea urchins in my feet, and they really hurt. And so, you know, now I'm really humble. I'm walking in, my feet are bleeding, I got sea urchins in my feet. And I, I saw these Hawaiian guys that were standing there. And I said, hey, you guys, you guys. I go, man, my feet hurt so bad. I got sea urchins in my feet. What should I, what should I do? And they go, hey, bro, you got pee on your feet. <laughs> I go, what? They go, yeah, you got pee on your feet. And so I thought that was a really bad idea. So I said, at the time, I was living with a doctor. So I waited until I got home, and uh, I, asked, I asked the doctor. I said, hey, what should I, I told him what happened. He goes, go in the backyard and pee on your feet. It actually worked. <laughs> Christianity is humbling sometimes. <laughs> it really is. Jesus, or the Bible says this, that if you exalt yourself, you'll get humbled. But if we'll humble ourselves, God will exalt us in due time. And then, and then wipeouts happen. Wipeouts happen in life. How many of you have been wiped out in some kind of way in life, right? You know, you lost your job, your marriage didn't work out, your kids went in a complete opposite direction you wanted them to go in. 
And, that, 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 and basically, it was a wife. And by the way, everybody in surfing, I don't care how good you are, if you're the world champion, everybody wipes out in surfing. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. What looks like it's going to be a good wave turns on you. And the next thing you know, you experience this right here. Now, this guy right here, I believe that's Pipeline. That's a really serious wave. Uh, and his day is about to get really, really difficult right there because he's going to come land on top of a pretty shallow reef, and he's got to hope that he doesn't hit, hit that reef. But that's, that's pretty much the way life comes at us sometimes. You know, Everything seems to be good, and then all of a sudden we, we have a wipeout. In, in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16, it says this, for though, a righteous, for though the righteous fall, how many times? How many of you have fallen more than seven? Oh, man. We, uh, throughout our life, we will fall and we will fall seven times. But here's the important thing. They rise again. They, they, they get back up. You, you have to get back up. As a Christ follower, we know that God is with us. The Bible says if God is with us, then we can do great things. Who can be against us? So the bigger the wave, the, the greater the risk. Now, if you really get into surfing, you're just going to want to ride a bigger, more powerful wave. The bigger the wave, you just, it, that, that's where the fun is, that's where the speed is, that's where the juice is. And you're like, man, I want to get on that wave. But here's the thing about big, powerful waves. If you wipe out, it hurts a lot more. And, and in terms of faith, God is calling us to do greater and greater things. But sometimes, you know, you, you're going to have a wipeout. I think of a guy that I've surfed with more than anybody in my life. His name is Mike Quinn. Mike Quinn um, and I have surfed together for 23 years now and put hundreds and hundreds of hours in. And let me tell you about something about Mike Quinn, who, who actually is uh, the leader of Newbreak. Um, Mike Quinn goes for it. I've never seen a guy that goes for it like him. He's, really, he's a good surfer, but uh, at least five different times when I've been with him, he's broken his board in half. Because he's the kind of guy that just takes these suicide drops, and then he's willing to pay the cost. He'll, he'll take a wipeout. But he's also the guy that I've seen in huge waves getting deeply tubed where everybody was like, oh my gosh, I can't. He got the reward. In, in terms of faith, the greater we risk we take, the more that we say, God, I am all in. Whatever you call me to, whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to do it. The greater the reward is going to be. And yeah, you, you might wipe out sometime, but see, that, that's why a guy named Mike Quinn could start a movement called New Break and take a big risk. He's had some wipeouts. All of us have. But I'm so glad that he was willing to take the risk. Are you willing to take the risk? Here's what the good surfer does. Good surfer just shakes it off. You just shake it off. You go, oh, okay. Sometimes it's a really bad wipeout. I've had a few where my head was spitting. You know, sort of clear your head up a little bit. All right. <clears throat> wow, that would hurt. Get paddle right back out. That's that's what we do. And then there will always be another wave. This is um, this could well be a picture of sunset cliffs. In fact, it even might be uh, on a really nice sized day. Notice that there's not just one wave. There's ways behind that wave. There, there's always going to be another wave. And our temptation in life is to always take the first wave. Our temptation in life is when that person comes along, I want her now. Why? It's just because we're impatient. Or him. Or, or I, I want that opportunity right now. And this is what the Bible says about that. In Psalm chapter 37, 34, it says, Wait, 2018 culture. And we all struggle, I struggle with it. Wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he'll exalt you. Wait. Man, I don't know how many of you struggle with waiting, but it's been, it's, it's, I've learned a lot, I've grown a lot in that area, but I've discovered that when you wait, good things happen. 
And when you just automatically just take off on the first wave, not so much so. In, in, in surfing, we actually do have some rules in surfing. And one of them is you can't be a wave hog. Nobody's going to like you if you're a wave. You say, well, what is a wave hog? A wave hog, it might even be somebody that can surf really good, but they keep taking all the waves. And there's, by the way, there's a limited amount of waves. Sometimes there might be 50 guys in the water, and there's not that many waves coming through. And so here's somebody out there, and they're, you know, a skilled surfer, and they just keep coming right back. And, and so after a while, everybody's getting ticked off. It's like, hey, take your turn. Take your, take your, there's other people that want to catch waves out here too, you know. And sometimes in life, we need to step back because just because you can doesn't mean you should. But the important thing is wait on the Lord. Is that really the person you should be with? Is that the, really, the person you should marry? Is that really the career path? Have you consulted God about that? Wait on the Lord for those big decisions in life. Right, should, should we really move to that place? Wait on the Lord. And then you've got to be patient. You know, the best surfers are patient. Because they don't always take the first. I'm not saying the first wave may not be the wave to take. But a really, really good surfer, you watch them. And you go, how, how is it that they always end up on the best waves? Because they're patient. And they know how to position themselves. They just, they, they study it. And that's, that's a, really a picture of us in life, that we start learning, making good choices, learn from our bad choices. And after a while, you begin to look at the, the lineup of life, if I can put it that way, and you start to position yourself for success. You don't always take that first wave. You realize there's going to be more waves that will come along, and I'm going to choose the best one. And that's what we do in our relationship with God. You say, God, I don't want second best. I want the best that you have for me. Be patient. And then be a Barnabas, not a Barney. You know, we have, we have certain terms, kooks and things like that, for different kinds of surfers in the water. By the way, how, how many of you have ever listened to two surfers and, got, and just thought to yourself, what are they saying? Okay, so we kind of have our own terminology. One of them is Barney. Um, and this, this, is a, this, this is a Barney right, right here. Now, um, see this guy just so you kind of understand some of the rules. See the guy standing up to your far right of the screen? That's his wave. He's already standing up, and notice that the wave is moving in a right direction, okay? That's actually his wave. See the guy next to him that's trying to stand up? That's called a drop-in, and he is a Barney. And see the guy underneath him who decided he wasn't going to get out of the way? That guy's a Barney too, all right? So here's what Barneys do. Barneys are the people in life that are not self-aware. They're just kind of there like... They're in the middle of everything, and they're just messing it up. They're not thoughtful. They're not kind. They're just like, well, I want to catch my way. And they just, that's what they do, all right? So let's talk about Barnabas. Well, what is a Barnabas? In the fourth chapter of Acts, um, this character, Barnabas, com Barnabas, comes on the scene. And his name actually means son of encouragement. And to be a good surfer and to be a good Christ follower is to be a person who encourages other people, a, a person who, who hoots other surfers on. And by the way, it doesn't cost you anything to compliment people. But why is it sometimes we're so stingy with our, our compliments? Everybody, everybody wants validation. Um, this guy, there we are. This guy right here, beautiful wave, we call it a tube. And this guy, he's, he's, he's being validated by this guy who's going, yeah, right there. Well, that, that's, that's something to, that we should do in life all the time. Um, uh, many years ago, I was surfing this one spot, and um, I, it was a beautiful, it was a perfect day. Waves were just amazing. 
And uh, for whatever reason, I had a long, by the way, I'm a shortboarder, but this particular day I took a longboard out because I think my shortboard was being fixed or something. And so I, I took this longboard out and I went to this spot and the conditions were amazing. And I took off on this one wave and everything lined up just like that right there. And I got, I got deeply tubed in this wave, which I, I'm not so good that I, I'm getting tubed all the time. So it's like a pretty spectacular thing. I'm like, wow, I'm in this tube and I'm on a longboard, which makes it more difficult. And so I come flying out of this tube kicked out of the wave, and I'm just like, ah! so, and there's nobody to see it. <laughs> there's nobody to, to validate it. And I, I was so, I mean, I was happy, but I was really bummed out. I just thought, man, I just wish that, I mean, I'm going to tell this story, but probably they don't even believe me. They'll go, yeah, sure, Bombachi. <laughs> and so I, 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 you know, when my session was over, I went upstairs to the top where this place is, and I'm walking towards my car, and right before I could go anywhere, he goes, hey, 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 because I saw you. I go, what did you see? He goes, you were in the two. I, that was an amazing wave. And I go, you saw that? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I saw it. I go, yes! High five that guy. Just got some validation from How many people are there in life that just need a little encouragement? They just need a little validation. Their heads are down, and they don't, they don't really feel like they're winning. In fact, a lot of people feel like they're losing. And if you and I could just watch people, just, just, just be people watchers, and look at somebody who maybe just needs a little encouragement that day. It, it'll, it'll go a long way with that person. You'd be surprised. It can change that, whole, that person's entire day. Here's another big, big lesson I've learned. Never, ever, ever, never panic. And it's true in life, and it's, it's true in, in surfing. Because when you do, bad things happen when you panic. How many of you discovered this? On a lot of different levels, right? I don't know how many of you have ever panicked when you're surfing or you've been in the ocean um, I was just talking to, to somebody back there today, and uh, they got caught in a rip yesterday, and they were kind of on the threshold of panic. But, but, but he, here's why. Um, when I was about uh, a year and a half into surfing, my roommates, my, my wonderful roommates, who are big-time surfers, pro-level guys at the time, said, hey, we're going to take you out to this other spot today. And I said, sure. I just followed them wherever they went. So we went to a place called Steamer Lane in Santa Cruz, and it's a big wave spot. It's very powerful. And I'm like, don't know anything. I'm like, oh, okay. And we're standing there, and I'm going, hey, you guys. I go, aren't those waves pretty big? And they're like, ah, oh, you'll be fine, Steve. I'm like, oh, okay. So um, I followed them to the end. If you ever surf Steamer Lane, there's this point that comes out, and you get to the end of the point, and then you jump off the point and then paddle out to where it's breaking. Uh, and where it's breaking is pretty close to the end of the point. And so uh, we, we get there, and, and uh, right before I go in, my, my roommate Mike turns around. And he goes, oh, by the way, he said, do not turn your back on the ocean. Really bad idea. So when you're, when you're this particular day, the, the tide was kind of low, so we had to sort of climb down and then jump in. So um, I said, okay. So he, he makes it out fine. Uh, and then I'm looking at those huge waves, and I'm thinking, wow, this is kind of scary. But uh, okay, here we go, because I'm kind of a go-for-it guy. And so I climb down, and what did I do? I turn my back to the ocean. I do exactly what he told me not to do because I'm trying to be careful. And as soon as I turned around, there was the wave to greet me. And it, it hits me full on like a glove. It pulls me off the cliff and it throws me into this like little gully area. This area is kind of famous because there's a monument to a guy who died being stuck there. There's a lighthouse there as a monument to the guy who didn't make it. And so I'm stuck in this and the waves are huge and they're pushing me back into this gully. And every time that a wave hits me, it pushes me all the way back to the very back of it, and my feet are touching every time. And I'm, I'm paddling, and then I'm getting pushed back. And I'm paddling, and I'm losing my strength, and then I panic. And here's what happens when you panic. You start hyperventilating. 
I, I was losing my breath control. I started hyperventilating. And the other thing happens when you panic, you lose all your strength. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It can be an anxiety attack. You know, have you ever noticed that? And then you lose your mind because you can't think straight because you're panicking. And in that moment, um, I, I, I lost my strength. My, my breath control was gone. But and not for the gra- it wasn't for the grace of God and that there was a lull. I would not have made it. I would have been killed inside there. Finally, it, the wave stopped, and I, was, I had just enough strength to paddle around at the end of the point. I, I got pounded, pushed all the way in. I still remember driving home that day. I was pretty bloodied up. And I thought to myself, I am never, ever surfing again. And then I woke up the next day, and I said, no, I can't quit. Got to keep doing it. You ever had a day like that, and you thought, I'm done with Jesus, I'm done with faith, I'm done with church? But then you thought better of it, you said, no, it's, it's just, that, that was me with, with surfing. This guy right here is in a real bad situation. This is a break called Mavericks. It's uh, a little bit north of San, or actually before San Francisco and a little north of Santa Cruz. Anyway, that's about a 30-foot wave. Now, here's, here's where it's a really bad situation. He's trying to make it over the top of that wave, and he's not going to make it over the top of that wave. And if you notice, he's, he's kind of dislodging himself from the board. So let me just play out the scenario of what's going to happen to this person, this surfer. He's going he's to get off, and he's going to try to get underneath the wave, but he's already too far up. So he's going to get what we call pitched. And there's nothing worse than getting pitched because the full force of the wave, he's going to go over that lip with tons and tons of water, and it's going to hit him full force down there. Now, here's why he didn't panic and why he survived. This guy, this guy had enough um, knowledge of surfing to know, okay, I, breath control. And to surf a wave this big, it, you, he's already done his, his work. So he's relaxing. <laughs> That's interesting. He's, he's relaxing. He's, he's got his mind fully engaged, and he's going, okay, I'm going to get crushed right now. It's going to be really bad. So breath control. So he's going to take one big deep breath before he goes down, he, and he may have to hold his breath for a good 40 sec- 45 seconds. And not just like, I mean, he's going to be getting rolled and beat, but he'll have to do it. And the reason that he survives is because he doesn't panic. He lives to surf another day. So for some of us, that's really, really what it, what it comes down to. Paul, the Apostle Paul, had some bad days. I mean, he had some days that were so bad. In 2 Corinthians, he says, I thought we were going to die. He was in the city of Ephesus. He goes, I literally thought we were going to die. But, you know, he didn't panic. He said, but, you know, I know that I can do all things through Christ. Maybe you walked into this room this morning and you're semi-panicked. Maybe you're having an anxiety attack. Things are really going bad for you. And Paul said, you know what? I've been at the brink of death, but I know this one thing, that through Christ, I can do it. I can trust Christ. Do you? Whatever you're going through, do you trust Christ? Do you actually believe that he can get you through it? Because he will. He will get you through it. Another thing that I've learned about surfing, you've got to have a good attitude when you surf. You know, this is what really blows my mind about surfing. It, you would think that this is, it, it's, it's, when you surf, you're in the ocean, it's beautiful, um, it, you're playing, you're in the waves, and you would think that everybody would come out would have a huge smile on their face going, so happy to be here. Not so for a lot of surfers. I mean, you paddle out, and you see these sour faces, and you're like, what is, you know, Phil, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, you're like, why, why, what's, what's going on? And there's certain surfers that have this attitude, like, 
yeah, oh, the waves aren't good, and by the way, there's too many people out here, and they're getting in my way, and on and on and on and on. And, you know, just really, really bad attitude. This is one of, um, one of my favorite people right here. This is Bethany Hamilton. A lot of you have seen her movie. You've heard her story. And if you don't know her story, when she was an aspiring, uh, really, pro surfer as a teenager, uh, she met up with a tiger shark, who, and that's how she lost her arm. And if there's anybody that could have a bad attitude, or maybe it would have a reason to have a bad attitude, like talk about you know, the odds being stacked against you, it would be Bethany Hamilton. But maybe what you don't know about her is that she is a person of faith. She came from a very strong Christian family. And they said, Bethany, we're going to help you get through this. And not only did she get through it, but Bethany said, I'm going to start surfing again, even if it's only with one arm. And she began to surf and surf. And she actually went back into the pros. And today, I can tell you, if you've ever seen her, go YouTube it, watch a video. She surfs better than 95% of the population of the world today with one arm. She tears it up. She surfs pipeline in some of the most dangerous breaks in the world because she's got a good attitude. That's the only thing that got her back, and because she knows Jesus Christ. That's what got her back. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, put on your new nature. Sometimes, not just in surfing, but when you get on the freeway or when you go to work or when you come home from work, you know, as a Christ follower, you've got to put on something new. You've got to put a new attitude on. Put on a new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. That, that's the whole goal, goal right there. And, and, and you've got to lead with, with a smile. I don't know if James is here, but James Juarez and I and, and another person, Derek, we went to Australia about a year and a half ago, and it was a fun, fun trip. We did a lot of surfing, uh, had a lot of fun just discovering Australia. But when, when we were over there, um, I was watching James, because James is one of the deacons of this church, and I've never, ever seen anybody who leads with a smile like James does. And I, I've never seen anybody who can turn people that are gloomy into people that are now happy and laughing. And we, obviously, because we were traveling, we were at rest, a lot of restaurants, and James would look for the person in the room who was not having a good day. And he would walk over, and he would just, with his smile, change. And I watched him do this over and over and over. I watched him pray with people at the end. But he would just walk in with a smile, and, I, and it would just change everything. It really affected me. Now, I'd like to think that I'd lead with a smile, but I always haven't. I haven't you know, there are times that I'm just not feeling it. But because of what I saw James, and he inspired me so much, influenced me so much, because of what I saw him do, I decided... As much as I can, I want to lead with a smile. And if you're a surfer, you should really lead with a smile because there's a lot to be happy about. And then finally, this, never, ever surf alone. Never, never surf alone. This, this um, guy right here, he's out there. Those are pretty challenging waves right there. Check that out. And if he's out there by himself, that's, that's a really, really bad idea because you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to wipe out and then, you know, hit your head or knock yourself out, and, and there'll, there'll be nobody there. That's why in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says this, two are better than one. For they, they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Somebody who falls alone. That's why surfing is better together. It always is. Yesterday, again, being out with uh, surfers of faith, it's just so much fun. You have all these people around you, and we're, we're hooting and yelling and, and watching good rides and wiping, watching wipeouts, and everybody's just, just having a good time, but we're there to support each other, and we can enjoy it together, everything that we go through. But if we're just doing it alone, 
There's a lot of downside to that. This is uh, one of the downsides right here. That's me about five years ago. I was uh, surfing Costa Rica. Some of you heard this story. And were it not for the fact that I was surfing with people, my two sons were next to me, I would not be here today. I would have died on the beach that day. You'll notice underneath where you, the, the bandage that's right here on my neck, that's my juggler. I was bl- literally bleeding out on the beach. Uh, my sons were running. This is, was kind of a remote area in Costa Rica. So they're running up and down, running up and down. They're knocking on windows. They finally found somebody. In the meantime, literally, I'm bleeding out. They bring me some towels, and the first two towels instantly turn red. There was that much blood coming out of me. And um, my sons got this guy to find another guy really quickly. Within 20 minutes, they had me to a medical facility on a table, and they were able to stop the bleeding and did 33 stitches through my face. That's why if you see scars around my face today, well, that's, that's part of it right there. But the point is this. I never, ever would have made it had I been surfing alone. I needed to have people around me. And that's a metaphor for life. You need people. I need people. We need people to, to help us make it through the difficult times for the wipeouts and the things that are going to happen to us in, in, in our life. There we go. I don't know why it's doing that. Life groups equal surfing together. I, I, I leave you with that. We have a bunch of directories out there, and we have a bunch of groups we'd like you to think about. But I hope that you'll consider... Um, becoming a part of a team or becoming a part of a life group or becoming part of community because we don't do life well by ourselves. Isolation is not the answer. So why don't you guys go ahead and stand and I'm just going to leave you with a prayer. Before I pray, I just want to ask this one question. In terms of faith, where are you today? Are you sitting on the beach watching everybody else surf? Or have you actually paddled out and said, you know, I'm a part of the tribe. I'm going to get out there where the action is. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take some wipeouts, but I'm going to go for it. And if that's you and you've never paddled out in terms of faith, do it. It'll be the greatest thing that you've ever done. Lord Jesus, I thank you for our time here this morning. Thank you for Labor Day weekend. I thank you for this, my tribe, our tribe together, Lord. Warriors in Christ, sisters in Christ, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And thank you that you'll get us through the wipeouts, God. You'll get us through the most difficult times of life. Pray that you'd, uh, this morning, help us to connect maybe with a group that's going to be really helpful for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys. We have a halftime out there, all kinds of goodies and everything. And uh, we'll start a new series next week. God bless.